0: Welcome to the Inspired <laughs> Wild podcast. <laughs> we are out here in Nebraska for mule deer hunting and um this is one of my favorite hunts. I'm joined today on this hunt by CJ Davis. Uh you are the owner. Did you say that or president? I mean, what, I, how do I'm you
1: President of Montana Decoy is what I say? Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. President of Montana Decoy. Um we got Tanner Vernon to my left. We are sitting around a campfire. If you hear a generator running in the background, it is because we have a generator running in the background. (laughs) You know, so um, I think that's pretty simple. Uh, We're charging batteries. And then Kyle Michael, he is also cameraman on this hunt. Um, And this, again, this is one of my favorite hunts. I think this is the fifth year we've done this.
1: And it's a unique hunt. What do you think so far? Man, this is fantastic. It is like the perfect hunt to just hang out around a campfire. There are a lot of deer. You see multiple, multiple bucks every day. And uh, it should be ideal for a guy hunting with a stick bow just because of the way you end up approaching the deer and you're usually catching them bedded and with the wind blowing, you can get really close. But as we know today, that didn't work out quite in my favor.
0: We had a good day, though. This is day two of the hunt um you guys came in uh that was thursday night your plane got
1: delayed yeah both flights got delayed you know how it goes it's just part of it and then you know my host here told me it was a two-hour drive and it really was a five-hour drive but other than that it's pretty solid
0: yeah um nobody said i could read a map (laughs) that's why i have onyx (laughs) um uh, Kyle this is your first time on this hunt and and uh, what do you what do you think so far oh I love it no introduce yourself because Kyle you're pretty new to uh, to this is your first season running cameras and and doing all the media and, and all that stuff uh, for us
2: yeah so uh, I actually uh, met you through um, I met you at the alpha Bow challenge and um, we kind of got talking photography a little bit but it's always been um, a big interest of mine and videos just kind of added to it so this is awesome to get this opportunity and and see this too so
0: and you're new to bull hunting <clears throat> not not new new Fairly, but, but yeah you... but
2: when you consider it it's five six years yeah. uh, in archery so it, it's not very long by any means so this is extremely interesting to watch how you pursue each of these animals even with stick bow I mean it's it's incredible to watch all the the time you have to take and the process to even set up so it's pretty neat yeah it's I'm enjoying it very much it always takes me a little
1: bit on any hunt to get into the right mindset mm-hmm. <laughs> and this one in particular because my instinct is to there he is go get him but I think patience serves you so much better here when you can if you don't find the deer in a stalkable position if they're up on their feet when you glass them, you just have to sit back and be patient and not booger them up but let them get somewhere that you can in turn get to them
0: and the diff the other difficult thing in this country is, you see them and you're like, okay, great. I want to keep eyes on them, and you can't. So
1: they drop into a series of draws. Yeah, but we just it's like a bird dog. You just send Tanner on up there, right? Let yeah. him find them. So. Yeah, we cool. we learned a lot today, didn't we? We did. We, yes. I think
0: we've we've changed our um, our methodology yes a little bit. So, and Tanner, this is your your first hunt. This is the first time you've been on this hunt, and you've talked we've heard about it we've talked about it and so you were pretty excited to to, to come on this weren't you oh yeah anytime you can
3: <clears throat> get after meal deer is a good time so i've been every year it seems like i have something going on during this time whether it's guiding or whatever and i just never have been able to make it so i'm pretty stoked to be here chasing mealies is
0: it all it all you thought it was cracked up to be
3: oh yeah yeah and more and more CJ was the more part. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, that's funny right there.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's talk through day one, and kind of recap that because I think we, uh, although it wasn't as eventful as day two, we did learn some things, and um, as normal we leave right at about sunup. We're camped right here on the property. Not necessarily where the deer are, kind of in a little bottom next to an old uh, shelter belt. Um, pop up some tents, and it's a pretty comfortable little camp. And, uh, and then we jump on the ranger, and where we went yesterday was on the northwest side of the property. Um, and there's a height. Uh, one thing we've learned is where to glass from.
3: Hmm.
0: Uh, you know, just like any western hunt where you go into an area, the first thing you should probably be finding is your glassing spots. And that's going to tell you where you're going to hunt. Um, I think a lot of people make the mistake that they come out west and they just start walking. And if you don't know where the animals are, that, you know, that, that cuts down your, your, uh, your learning curve. So we pulled up there, set up, glassed, and immediately the wind picked up, which is not a bad thing. We talk about a lot the fact that the wind out here helps you, but when you're glassing, it is a it's it's hard to keep everything steady and still when it's you know fifteen twenty mile per hour wind. But we did pick up some bucks yesterday. Yeah, actually, we saw them coming in.
1: On the drive-in.
0: And the drive-in. Yeah. yeah. Across some they, of the cut the, corn. Yeah, they c- came out of some cut corn and crossed on down into headed towards where we are at. And uh, we picked up a couple of the bucks, um, and they were quite a ways away. Uh, and then we didn't see a whole lot more as far as uh, bucks in there. We saw a lot of does. There was a pile of does in there hitting that green, that alfalfa field.
1: It felt kind of like, and you know, deer use the same area, but they use it differently at times. And it felt like we were focused in an area that i'm sure in the past has had a pile of deer in there and we did see some but kind of off to our left was where it felt like we should have been focusing more and probably didn't and that was where we ended up you know we made kind of a loop once we started walking trying to find some deer and we just really struggled to find them over there that day it's tough even with snoops our deer spotter yeah
0: exactly tanner's (laughs) new nickname is snoops um i i think uh just to set the scene for what this how this country lays out is Is it's a lot of uh, ag fields but then off of the ag fields it's kind of backwards of of some areas where the ag fields are in the bottom the ag fields are kind of high and then it kind of cuts down into these sand draws and there's cut banks and there's draws and they go every which way so it's a maze a labyrinth of of cover for these deer to, to bed, and it it's unique because they'll uh utilize the the feed of the of the ag ground but then they have plenty of room to cover uh or plenty of room in the cover in the broken draws to, to bed and that's where we hunt them so um yeah and and there's way
1: more broken areas than you think until oh, yeah. you step off in there it's amazing to yeah. me because you see that draw and you know there's a couple of cuts there. Well, there's cuts off the cuts off the cuts. Right. And you got to be diligent about spotting those things. Right. Or glassing them to spot the deer, I should yeah. say.
0: I think even what we've learned in the past is if you're looking across and like this morning, we went to the south side. No, yeah, that, the south side of the property, um, kind of centrally, but we could look over where we glassed yesterday morning and it doesn't look like it's that much Mm-mm. country in between but if you go and walk that there is a ton of unique bedding areas Yeah. so
1: And it's amazing to me you know you look at those things and you think it's all right they're gonna bed here because there's this tree and there's this nice little bench here but you know that first morning we glassed a lot of places that just screamed mule deer bucks should bed here and they weren't there and the few that we did find were in places that not odd but just not where i would have expected them to be and that could be inexperience on my part being here but you know they they pick places for very good reasons it's not random to them i'm sure and i'm i'm thinking it's cover it's getting out of the wind or maybe not it's got to be something to do with the sun depending on the temperature i think
0: i think yesterday for sure it was getting out of the wind yeah um and then today i i think Midday to later, it was. They definitely wanted to be in the shade. But I've also found that as it gets cooler on a cooler day, a buck will. Well, we had the buck today. You stayed out in it all day. In the bottom of a draw, in the weeds, there's not a bit of shade. All day. All day. Yeah. So, what do you think about that, Tanner? I mean, what's what's your take on it? Um, I mean, I
3: mean, they're just. I think they choose some of those places because of the way the wind eddies in there. And like that buck today was super unapproachable, um, just because it's so noisy around him. And that draw was, you know, pretty sheltered from the wind. So, and it's, I mean, it would have been hard to get anywhere near him. And so I think that's, I think that's a big part of it is them being able to detect things around (coughs) them and, uh, even like the the buck we stalked today, you know, kept looking up above him, um, just because I mean they're they're out here 24/7 getting chased by whatever, and they're used to you know putting themselves in a safe place. So yeah, that's, that's for It sure. that was
1: out in the bottom. You know, at one time he stood up, and I couldn't quite understand why he did that. And then all of a sudden I see a coyote that he's watching coming right. through there. So it's just like he says, it's all the time. There's something. Right. They got to be yeah. adapted to it.
0: Yeah, let's let's start from this morning. Uh, I mean, yesterday afternoon we closed. You even sat on the kind of set up on that ag field, um, which just, is
1: tough because oh, they're just so there if, and,
0: and they just appear. Because
1: you're up top, you don't see them coming right. down to you. Right, oh,
0: and okay. so so you guys, it was you know that's where I killed that whitetail buck a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and just happened to pick uh, some round bales I was going to sit in and did not have much expectation for the hunt i'll be honest i was with uh, lane and mike steven were with me running camera and um they were had their heads poked up which that's all we could see when we were watching you guys last night through the you know through the, the, the binos and the spotting scope is we just see your heads above that
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh um so i sat down and i was literally playing solitaire Cause I'm like, well, you know, if something, if they're going to see something, if it comes in, I don't need my head, my little head poked up.
1: Did you like win three games? Are we on that theory of your solitary, yeah. <laughs> Solitaire could you, could theory? Did you see
3: over the hay bales also?
0: I could, <laughs> I could see over the hay bales. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Mike and Mike, I think it was Mike that's like, Hey, there's a buck coming. And, and he came right out of that one shelter belt that's on the side and walked 35 yards from me. And. I just drew in between the two, where the kind of the V where the bales are uh, stacked next. And when I drew, he stopped and looked at me. And I've never seen a whitetail stand there. Almost, you know, you think of a mule deer. Like a mule deer stops and looks at you. Mm-hmm. Whitetail, they're already hitting Mach 90. Mm-hmm. And he stopped and looked at me. I settled the pin and shot him at 35 yards, mm. you know? Um, unique, But anyway, last night you did not have that opportunity.
1: No, we saw, um, close to us, we saw a doe and a little spike or three-point. I can't remember exactly what it was. You said there were some, because where you were set up, you could glass more of the alfalfa than we could see, and you said there were a pile of does somewhere else. And then I, I think, think
0: there's six or eight on the other side, and this is, again, a, a big uh, big
1: pivot. Yeah, and then Snoop's spotted some bucks kind of on the edge of that cut corn. But I don't think you could see those no, from where you were. No, not from so. where we were
0: sitting, no. So the, the yesterday evening ended. We came back. We made some dinner and went to bed. And this morning the plan was, again, to glass from this other side and back up. And um, it was cold this morning. It was colder, I should say. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah.
0: And uh, um, so we didn't have as far a, a ride in the Ranger, which is nice. But we got set up, started glassing, and right away I think we'd seen. I think we saw some smaller bucks there to the north and then is or to the east. Is that is that right? That'd be the that'd be to the north. That'd be to the north of us. Um, and then there to the west. That's where we saw those two deer drop in. Out of the corn.
1: Mm-hmm. And those two bucks. Kind of to the, yeah. Yeah. South. A little bit, too, I'd say. But I might be wrong mm-hmm. on them.
0: Yeah, southwest. Mm-hmm. Southwest. Okay, I'm getting my my wests and my north is all screwed up. Yeah, your poles are... Yeah, my poles are off. It's yeah. fine. Okay. Uh, anyway, that was encouraging because
1: they... They were feeding our way. They were
0: feeding our way, and not only that, but we could see if they were we knew they were gonna be in that area. And so the plan this this morning was, hey, let's see if we can move down and get eyes on them, even as they're feeding, just so we know, okay, they're in that cut. And that was a little different from what we did yesterday morning because there was no way we could get, when they disappeared, they disappeared, and they're we, were, wrong, we yeah. were just hoping they were
1: in this area. But it's still a little bit like that needle in a haystack because we knew those two bucks dropped down in there. but. I don't think, in my opinion, we saw those two bucks again until the end of the day when you got on that one. Because the one that you that we saw out in the middle that we were talking about being bedded in the bottom, that wasn't one of them. Mm-mm. And then the one that I went after, I don't think that was one of them, was it? Or did we determine?
3: No, I I don't they yeah. I don't know they may have split up down in the bottom somewhere, and one of those other deer was I, I don't know. That's that's my there theory. was
0: we saw. One of the bucks was a good four-point deep forks, um, just just an impressive-looking deer. Yeah,
1: good round body. Yeah. All right,
0: and the other was a a good buck. I mean, a shooter buck, if you will. Especially for a guy with a stick bow. Especially with a guy stick bow. Especially, I mean, for me even. Um, I'm I'm not the best trophy hunter, but it was interesting because we found. We, we started kind of sneaking our way over, and I
1: was— You and I went out to glass. Right. We were
0: kind of— probably This like, was before
1: we'd have a, had our epiphany, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: This was, this was pre-epiphany. Yeah. We'd, we were probably, what, 15, 20 yards apart, kind of working down, you know, hands and knees, and then we'd come up and glass down into the draw— Just trying to see the buck before they saw us, so we'd say, okay, there he is.
1: Expecting him to still be on his feet, and we'd watch him to a bed. Right. But then we come back. And you,
0: Tanner. (laughs) Tanner.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I looked down there, and in that one, in the bottom, there's a buck bedded. And so... uh, I was trying
0: to to get your attention. I think I was throwing cow pies at you and stuff. And yeah, but you've done that before on multiple occasions. So there's a time when I've just I just ignore you. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm throwing crap at you. Literally. So, you have to escalate in a way, and you did. I think
1: you did the. Ca-caw. <laughs> I <don't>
0: hey yo, <laughs> Look over here. Over <laughs> here. <laughs>
1: I don't remember what I did, but I finally got your attention. What I you? think I'm going to bring you a slingshot and some rocks. Hey. That, that could work a lot better. No it would make any talking. noise. Yeah. yeah. Unless he yelps when you whop him. Well, <laughs> well him. if he
3: wears his puffy, he'll be fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> might not even feel it. <laughs> will bring that a thing, paintball <laughs> gun.
0: I do like my kafaru puffy. <laughs> I'll shoot him right in the butt. <laughs> Oh, that's, an, that's, a, that's another story for another day. But um, that
1: bug was already bedded, and we yeah, expected and him was, to be up.
0: That wasn't, that was, what, 9 o'clock? Probably. Somewhere in there.
1: And, like, I think most people would do, all right, well, he's out in the middle of the bottom. He's only going to be there a little while. He's going to get up and move again, so we camp out and wait on him to move. We were traking, trying to take wagers on who was going to be closest on the time he got up and
0: yeah we were, ha- we were making a game out of it because we, we didn't you know mule deer, especially in the high country, but here too, they they'll go and they'll bed pretty early mm-hmm. And then they'll bed in a, in a place, the sun moves, whatever, they get up and then they go find their day bed. We've seen it time and time again. So we don't necessarily go make that first stock when we first see them bed. We usually make sure they're there, make sure they're you know they're gonna stay there. That was a good move. Normally pays off um, because while we're doing that, I think Tanner just got bored, <laughs> and Tanner's like, I you know I think you sh- I think there's probably deer in some of these other cuts. You should go look. And I said, well, no, I need to watch this deer. I need to make sure that this deer, we keep eyes on this deer because it was one we were going to try and go after. We were hoping he would put himself because he was, again, in the bottom of a cut, not close to the sides. He was literally in the middle. So trying to get to him from either side where you're sneaking through these, uh, the brush and stuff like that. It's tough. Yeah.
1: And that was why you took a nap because you were keeping eyes on the buck. Well... Just, just to make sure I understand your <laughs> no, technique <I>, here. Uh, <laughs>
0: I took a nap because I felt like um, that I needed to allow you to have the the privilege mm. uh, and the pleasure mm. of being able to uh, take ownership mm. of uh, of watching that box. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> I get it. Glad we clarified. But anyway, Tanner found us another one.
0: Yeah. Well, we were there, and he was even closer, and he was even in a position. Because I think you and I had talked about if we were going to make a play on that buck in the bottom, it was going to have to be me because it just was going to be – we didn't, weren't sure if it was a 40,
1: 50, 60-yard yeah. shot. And none of those are even remotely close to what I need to be shooting. So so,
0: so Tanner comes back.
3: And yeah, I kind of made, made a loop around, and I didn't actually – find any other I found a spike but I found a bunch of does you know bedded in different spots so we kind of kind of had an idea of where the other deer were because you don't want to just go running through them and then I also I eliminated some draws that I was able to get good looks at and you know could definitely tell there wasn't any bucks in there Um, and then also found you know some draws and cuts that could not see into and uh and that's helpful also because that's i mean some of those were pretty good and it it ended up later being being correct but some of them are such a steep bank and stuff that you just can't see into them and it makes it a really good place for their for a buck to bed and uh so i came back and i think you know we'd decided to kind of move in on that buck in the bottom of the draw but we needed to there was two draws ahead of us, um that uh that we didn't know what was in that what was in there, so we were kind of nervous, so I ended up crawling forward and crawling over a little rise and looking down into that bottom and there was a nice little four point bedded right under a little I mean, what do you even call that a little washout or a I mean, it's just like just an, a it's an it's erosion. I, yeah, it's
0: just ba- basically kind of
3: we're undercut bank. Type yeah, of deal. it's
0: like a a, a a cliff, a dirt cliff. Yep. And and, the, big, big, and and what those bucks do is they kick that out. Yep. And they make themselves a bed, and they're literally, 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 literally <laughs> against the the bank. <laughs> and so when you come up over them, you're right above them.
1: Yep. Literally. Literally
0: and that's not a bad place to be with the stick bow
1: no, no. it's a great place as if, far as range and everything if else. you
0: have all the fast <clears throat> excuse me if you have all the angles and the you can see this particular buck the cut i don't the the dirt cliff he was bedded up next to was at a little bit of an angle hmm from the from the side of the of the draw so it wasn't like he came down and he's straight below you he was kinda below you a little bit and there was a like a jet a little part jetted out
1: and well you, you explain when you when you came over so you know Tanner found the deer we plotted a course we split up so you guys could film from far away and also you know, sometimes you get on those deer and they don't do what you want them to do they just sit there well somebody can loop around with a decoy and show it and then make them stand up give you that perfect shot and we're slipping down tanner had a really good idea of where he was but i keep getting closer to that edge and closer to that edge and and that edge where he was it was kind of on the side of a just a little point and it was an ideal place for him to get because he could kind of see around that point with his head And you just fully, I personally expected him to have his back against the wall, looking out and turning his head. And Tanner and I are just slipping down, slipping down to the edge. And we've got good wind, which covers noise. You know, we kicked our boots off. I don't know 80 yards from him or something and we just keep creeping and it's about to that point where I'm wondering why you haven't stood up and told me there's no buck there because I mean I was like he I got to see something here but I didn't have a concept of how tall that cliff really was so nor did I fully understand how tucked in he was there was a big chunk of that cliff that had eroded off so he was tucked in there and all I could see at first were his forks and so I get there where I can see him and you know you're excited but I want to I want to I want to get comfortable with this situation. I want to see, all right, here he is. Here's the, you know, the brush I got to deal with. And I'm also worried about my shadow because of the sun. But because of that little cut, my shadow was sort of over the point, if you will, from him. And he couldn't see it. So it was a great angle that way. And I'm looking at his antlers and, you know, I feel like I'm standing in somebody's house, maybe on the second floor of their house, looking down at a mounted deer head below me. On right. the first floor. That's exactly what it felt like. I could see all the detail of his points and, you know, the coloration and stuff on his back, on his forks on the back there. And I just keep looking at him and it's like, that deer's facing the, wa- the dirt wall? That doesn't make any sense.
0: And, and that was what, when I finally got around with the camera to video, because Tanner, you took me out there and showed me, but I was going to have to pop a camera right across from him 70 yards from him and pop a camera up and kind of try and get out from behind a yucker and I was like that's too close I'm not I didn't want to blow the opportunity because I knew it was a high probability you were going to at least get
1: a shot in hindsight you would have been behind him so you probably could have gotten away with it since he's facing the dirt freaking wall.
0: but but all we you know when Tanner we crawled up there and he was showing me where he was at I, I could just see his tines, mm-hmm. so and I didn't sit there and study him enough well, to know which way he was he was looking. And when we looked at him,
3: um, he did he did turn and look straight up above him, but then he turned and faced out. And the first time I saw him, he was I mean just facing out, you know, over the draw normally like like you would expect, but I don't know what, because there, there was clearly nothing above him when we were looking at him, but he was still. He still turned and looked, like, straight above him up that. And I have no idea what he was looking at. If you just just hearing did. the grass up there move and he was just nervous. Because, um, yeah. I mean, I know, you know, they're nervous in the wind because they know they can get snuck up on. Um, they, that did, and he had the wind.
1: The wind covers him from the other side. Yeah. So, I mean, he did exactly what he should have done to stay alive. Yeah. yeah. But I just sat there and stared at his times for so long, and I convinced myself— I'm looking at it the wrong way his head's tilted back or something and it, it makes it look like those are his because you back can't fork. see his head all i can see your forks right so i i just ease up a now, little how bit how close more. are you at that at
0: this juncture
1: boy i don't know I'm, i mean two steps and i would have fallen off the ledge on him but he's down from me so so you're probably five six yards yeah i can't think it would be any more than that at all okay And I I finally ease up enough where I see the bases of his ears and I realize, no, he is looking right at me. So there's no chance of me, you know, easing over the edge and finding a hole. And and my other thought was because of that piece, I mentioned that it eroded down. My other thought was to back out and come around behind that. But that wouldn't work either because then my shadow, as we checked later, it would have landed right on him. That would have been a game ender. So I'm just there stuck. And, you know, I'm sitting here. The winds blowing and it's surprisingly blowing a lot when you're stuck in one place that close to a deer it was like it was a surreal experience it was a stressful experience but it was one of the coolest things i've ever had happen especially when you got a stick bow in your hand because he's that close and that's the hardest part to get the game with a stick bow is getting one that close but he might as well have been 55 yards away for what i could do to him so he had to he had to make the next move or you had to make it for me right and i could see where you were I chanced to glance up there once or twice, and I could see you from the angle he was on. He he couldn't, or you slid up enough where he couldn't, where he didn't see you. But. Well, I was
0: filming. I I sh- I found him like there was a small yucca and a big yucca, and I could see right down and. But I didn't have good footage, so I set the camera up there, mm-hmm. and then I just started inching the camera out until slow enough to where. I, you know, and then when I finally had it, then I got all my, well, I hope I got all my settings right. Um, and Kyle was actually with the one to 400 and I was going to bring him in, but I didn't know where to put him because I was at this point, I was like, okay, I got him. Kyle can video you guys coming down, even though he can't see the
2: buck because mm-hmm. he's just back far enough. Kyle, y- y- you were kept raising your tripod. Yeah. Cause I kept losing you on the hill. Right on the crest of the hill that we were on. And as you just kept coming down, I had to lift lift the camera up. But it got to the point after where I saw you were sitting and I moved down there. It wasn't by much. I probably had another... I don't know, if, in my case, I guess with the tripod, I probably would have had to lift another foot to just get eyes on him on the buck.
0: But since I was
2: already doing mm-hmm. that, yeah, I just, and I saw
0: that you were filming you guys, I'm like, okay, we're good. Let, mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do is blow this great opportunity. Here you are, six yards from this buck, and it's a waiting game.
2: And after seeing it, there's no way. There's no way I would have been able to bring that camera down. No,
0: no, it's, it was it was, was a position. good move. But so as I'm hit, I'm I'm recording, just constantly recording, and um, and I look and I see you are ready, but you gotta have him stand up. Yeah,
1: I'm stuck. There is nothing. I, the, the minute I poke my nose over that edge to shoot him, he's gone.
0: And he is literally, and I've never seen this happy happen. He is bedded with his legs towards the bluff and and his head toward the bluff, almost like he was in grade school and had to go stand in the corner.
1: Yeah, and it, my first thought was he heard us, but, you know, in talking to you, that's how he was the, once the you whole time. Yeah. And he
0: would look up towards me, but he's just looking up the draw, mm-hmm. and then he'd look back, but his head in a, in a natural, when he was in his natural position, was tilted up a little bit, like he was watching the edge. And, um so I I came to the snap decision and there was actually some miscommunication with Kyle but I'm like we got to get a decoy up and come up because if I can get his attention with the decoy at 100 125 yards away I can probably get him to stand up and take a look at it
1: and if he takes a look at that decoy he's looking directly away from me right yeah
0: and that's what I was so I told Kyle go get the decoy and then I realized wait this is probably maybe I should have Kyle come down here make sure this camera's running and cause you can cr- you, I found you could crawl up in and out of there mm-hmm. and you were pretty good cover mm-hmm. and uh
2: well, that, and you'd have a better idea of where to position yourself. You have by far so much more experience. Well, to set and up I'd for that. seen
0: him from coming from that other way with right. Tanner, so right. I knew how to go where I was directly across from him. Mm-hmm. So I hoofed it back, and uh, uh, we tagged out. Uh, you know, swapped out with Kyle. Kyle went back to the camera. That I was running, even though I think you were running, you just left your camera running because it was on you guys standing there above him. And then I get it going and I can't get the poles in, you know, all that. And I'm trying to hustle, right? Oh, yeah. Now, mind you, I'm also concerned about this other buck that's across three 400 yards no he was what 700 yards remember we'd yeah, ranged we him, ranged him a couple times 700 yards bedded but we are on an open slope where he can if he looked at us he would have seen me running back and forth so i come back and by the time i got back with the decoy and was about to crest over i saw kyle walking down and i'll let you i'll let you tell what happened
1: yeah so i'm i'm stuck i know i can't do anything i'm just waiting on fate or you and i would i was scared to look up at you because you know how that goes you look away he stands you look back you're done so i'd I'd cut my eyes and i realized you were gone i said all right he's going to get the decoy i knew that's what you were doing there's no other reason you would have left and so now it's like in my mind i'm thinking this is game on right well by the time i'm you know wondering how long it's going to be and having these thoughts You know, sometimes, not every time probably, but when they go to stand up, they, like, lower their head because their butt comes up first, and then they stand up, and I saw him do that. So I'm starting to draw, but he stands up, and he's looking at me. He's not looking because at the time I didn't know. I wasn't looking where you were. I thought he starts to stand is because of the decoy. Well, when he comes up, he's just looking at me. And I think he was, you know, standing to stretch, move around, whatever. But when he comes up, all I can see is, like, three inches from below his jaw to his head, and he and I are just staring at each other at six yards. I got no shot with a stick but If I'd had a shotgun with buckshot, it'd been all over. but all right. shot him right in the face. Shot him right in the face, probably would have messed up the antlers a little bit. But he takes, you know, hops off, kind of does just a little hook down the draw, but he stops and, you know, as soon as he stands up, I draw, but I, I've got nothing, you know, no ethical shot whatsoever, so I'm not gonna take it. And he turns and hops off and he gets out to about 25 and, you know, I guess all this adrenaline dump, or whatever. I got all these thoughts going through my mind of what i need to do to make this shot is he going to stop in time is he going to stop in time and when he stops i shouldn't have shot he was a little bit far from my comfort zone he's about 25 yards and i just remember thinking wind and you know because it was howling for me and i got all these and i just shanked the shot thankfully i didn't hit him at all i went right in front of his brisket but um, I'm gonna say right in front of it, we'll probably watch the video and it'll be about four or five feet, but that'll be okay too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I missed him and he takes off down there, but the adrenaline rush and just being that close. And then, you know, it would have been great to dissect where he was, knowing he's down the draw piled up somewhere, but instead we dissected the situation with the deer that's still out there. Maybe we'll run into him again another day, but it was a amazing experience, but just just weird that he chose weird to me awesome for him because he picked the exact best way to situate himself and if it would have given us another what five ten minutes you'd have been on the hill with the decoy who knows what would have happened then
0: well and my question though is if i had got him to stand and he's looking at me you still wouldn't have had a shot unless he moved a little bit
1: i could if i could have taken two steps i think i would have had a shot if it would have distracted him and he focused on it, cupped his ears, blocked his vision. The wind's blowing, so he doesn't hear me. And I get those two quick steps. I think I, I could have had a shot. It would have been, I mean, it would have been dang near exactly straight down. It'd been like shooting a white tail out of a six foot tree stand. But uh,
0: well, that's that's what was going through my mind, and the reason I I bailed from uh, my horrible cameraman apparently too because I left my post. But I was doing it, <laughs> I was doing it to get that position or that decoy to change that focus to change that so that you you know we've done it before in the past yeah you get them to stand they're looking at you and the guy draws if he hasn't already drawn or whatever and, and uh and you can kill them that way
1: and they're not you know this time of year out here it's not like you're using a decoy and probably what 90 percent of the hunters think in terms of a traditional decoy use you put it out they come to it you're just using it to you know, get across some ground like we played with a, a new black moo cow this morning, mm-hmm. slipping up on a buck. Let's and talk stuff. about
0: that for just a yeah. Second. We
1: owe Jerry for that one, don't we?
0: Yeah. So, so uh,
1: let me we, let me let me just say we've got a prototype. It's a black facing moo cow. We may or may not be bringing it to the market, but um, it looks favorable for it. And I knew you were coming out here, and you had some other hunts. So Jerry McPherson, who's the original founder of Montana Decoy, and still a huge vital part of our operation. He makes up one and sends it to you, which we do that a lot. We build custom decoys, as you well know. I mean, everything yeah, from donkeys to zebras ibex, to mountain lions. We'll you make built it. me
0: an ibex, a yeah. mountain goat, and a, and a bighorn.
1: That's right. So he tells musk me... Musk you, know, you even built me a muskox. I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he builds it and sends it out here. And, and you know, Jerry's pretty laid back. You've known him as long as I have, if not longer. Yeah. But he kept asking me if you got the decoy and like beyond the point of like he normally would. I should have <laughs> suspected something. He was looking for a reaction that he didn't get because you looked at the face of the decoy and said, oh, that's cool. And you'd seen pictures of it so you knew it was going to be. You just throw it in your gear getting ready for this trip.
0: And, and, it, and, it, and just to explain, it's, it's a, a big, like a cow is, big black, you know, ears are out, and then you have the, the the body with the belly, so that literally you could get two or three guys behind it. Yeah,
1: it's facing you like it's but walking it's towards you. But it's facing you like
0: it's walking towards, and that was one of the things I really liked about it versus the traditional red moose cow uh, that you have. That's a side profile, but it's also looking, but it's a side profile. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought, you know, I like this idea, and for this hunt, because of the fact, and I again I know you we've talked about this deer what kind of colors do deer see but it's we got black angus out here
1: yeah there is so, one red one i did see one mm-hmm. red one though well and, and you know i've told you oftentimes we used to have a black moo cow and we had people wanting a red one so we built a red one and we don't hear anybody say anything about it except they want a black one again you know right. you can't win with that stuff right but, but we spotted this little buck that we weren't going to try to shoot but we thought it'd be kind of neat to put the sneak on him behind the old new prototype so you open that thing up and, like, what the crap is this? Like, yeah. you, you were a little confused and angry because there's, like, some extra parts to it. Right. So
0: it's the head's there, beautiful. And then it comes down and there's your face and my
1: face. That look exactly like we're peeking around the side of it, but it's made into the decoy. <laughs> I mean. So we're, we're lying <laughs> on the ground. There's this little buck, this, what was he, 100? Something yards away, yeah. maybe where we spotted him. Where, of course, Snoop spotted him, not us. <laughs> and we're just sitting there, and pop this thing out, and it's like just random confusion all of a sudden. But luckily, Jerry made it where you could fold those back, so you and Snoop's took off to play with it a little bit. But we owe him one for that. I mean, I I gotta say,
0: well played, Jerry. Well, yeah, well no played. Doubt. You're getting smoked out there, brother.
1: I know it's pretty rough. I mean, you can might have stand up a little bit. More. Yeah. So, um. Which I, that also reminds me, we got to make sure we put the one without mine and your smiling faces on it in the yes, Ranger for tomorrow. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think that it, the, the key, uh, and, and a black cow might have even gotten him up. It was just something that, number one, didn't alarm him, and number two, created uh, an action of, of at least checking it out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's what deer will do. They'll step, stand up, they'll look um i am using i chose to use and you asked me the question why i didn't use the freshman and the reason i'm using just the traditional whitetail buck the little whitetail buck that you have is just because they're not rutting right now they are um you know they're they're still with two or three bucks together and stuff like that and so the freshman is definitely a bowed up deer yeah. he's definitely aggressive aggressive and so i just wanted one that's la 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 you know just kind of tootling along and then that, that's why i chose that one
1: It makes sense yeah i support your logic on that one for sure
0: well and that we've out here in this time of year we've used that a lot and i, I shouldn't say i have used the freshman out here and, and done okay too but in that situation uh, uh, yeah that and that's how we use it um we're not trying to decoy them in we're trying to use it for cover or an alternate distraction
1: so. so after all that drama of me missing us dissecting it you running back and forth to get decoys and toting cameras and all this stuff we head back to our original spot and we have what was your opinion was the deer still going to be there that no other buck? way there, yeah.
0: I, there was no chance that buck was still bedded again he's 700 yards away but he had to have been able to see us back and forth. And, I mean, we'd made two or three
1: trips. But you get back up there, what do you find?
0: And that buck is bedded not... <laughs> and, and then he's bedded in the same spot, but then he gets up, repositions even into a worse location. And what I mean by worse, he repositions into a spot where he's literally... Literally. Literally. In the middle of of that draw not next to cover not close to something where you can slip in and we're trying to figure is that is he 60 yards from the edge or you know is he 30 yards and it's just hard to tell when we're that far away where the other is where am I going to come in from well we decide we're going to do it we're going to Kyle and I are going to head over and I'm going to get to play a little bit So we get uh, Tanner and
1: and you get set up. How far away were you guys, 300 yards? Maybe, something like that, yeah. We, of course, had the decoy when we're, if we felt like, if you felt like you needed a distraction, we were prepared to do that, but mostly we were tucked in a cedar for uh, Tanner to video. And so Kyle and I head over
0: and we get in a position where we get the wind right And we're going to pop up over the ridge and drop in, take a little small draw that runs off the main draw, and then come around the point. And I'm thinking, okay, we'll be 60 yards. Well, my thinking was off. First of all, the wind died down.
1: Which is not good. Quite a bit. I mean,
0: Kyle and I are looking at each other like, and it was we were walking in some grass and it felt like you were walking through snow i mean that grass was so deep and i look at kyle i'm like this is way too loud so we actually went down lower and kind of worked our way around and it was just it was loud and then the wind just died and i think we stood how long did we stand there kyle before when we first
2: were like man the wind just died i, I don't know it might have been at least three three four minutes trying to wait and then it was a then, very small and then and a
0: little gust comes yeah. up and we take a couple more steps and and uh, i made i screwed that up a little bit in the fact that i think i got a little aggressive too soon um or too close i thought we were f- further away i thought i had 60 70 yards to work with and as we worked down um we got Around where I thought he was better, just around the point of where this this draw comes down, that we were in, you know, the one side of it, and I was going to work out, and I was hoping to get to these yuccas, and then I was going to sit up there, and then I was going to kind of do the sneak and stand, and and look over, and and oh, there he is, you know, try and get him that way, and uh, he blew out. I think he was closer to. 40 yards
3: yeah when we were when I I saw him and he kind of flipped his head around down the draw and uh yeah I, I mean Ncj even said he's like that was kind of a he heard some type of look and uh yeah I think he probably just heard you guys and it like you said it's so hard to tell
2: and there's no doubt that I think you know he didn't i mean it was loud enough i think he oh did, yeah you know yeah I mean, it that was stuff so is
3: tough if it's not just that was, was nice on you know cj's stock because it was so freaking windy mm-hmm. yeah. on that edge and you could basically just walk up to and you, you guys didn't belly crawl or nothing you you walked up to you we could just see walked him. and it was it would have been loud and it was i mean we really had to you know pick our pick our spot stuff but we were on kind of the wind uh, would it be windward side where it was really hitting that side and you yeah. guys were kind of the opposite you were on the off side of the wind right because we were it was kind of
0: sheltered but I you think were, you I, were
3: almost you were kind of playing the wind a little tight as to where he was bedded you know it would have gone past him but it was still kind of blowing in that direction right. and that's probably what part of your problem was is that would that hill was blocking the wind
0: a little bit yeah and so it was, and and I'll be honest, I, I was even, ah, oh, do I want to go after that buck? And we would watched him, and, ah, oh, he's an okay buck. And, but then when he blew out, and he stopped broadsided it, and I ranged him, he was 120 yards. And um, he was a good
1: buck. He wasn't bad. Yeah, Ooh.
0: yeah, he was a good buck. I mean, he's he's a buck that if we get on him again, I'll, you know, and he's in a position where he, we need the, to reach out a little bit more i'll definitely make a stock on him
1: between the buck that um there's one more buck we got to talk about obviously but um between the three larger bucks that we messed with today what do you think the difference in all of them were i mean they looked pretty close to me but i'm not a mule deer judging well expert. i
0: i think that four point that we saw this morning that we actually all i think we were all pretty impressed with Yep, that was the best buck you know but there probably wasn't 15 points between well yeah i think uh like
3: the buck in the bottom of the draw that you stalked i think was every bit as big of a deer but he was he was just a you know genetically he was a three point um so you know score wise he wasn't as big i think his back forks were probably better than the four point this morning a little bit and, I mean, and he, he had a
0: limp. A... We were wa- well, we watching yeah. all day. Is his he... left front maybe? Yeah, yeah, he was really gimpy, but he didn't seem gimpy when he went up the other no. side of that draw.
1: <laughs> Tanner and I were chuckling about that. He found <laughs> he found all four legs going up that thing, yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where at that at that point, and we get back together and you know, we're it's it, hindsight's 2020. 20. oh i should have done this or man i pushed it too much or you know you're kind of kicking yourself but it's an opportunity and although i never you know i never got a chance like you where you're sitting there and you just need something else to happen mm-hmm. to close the deal you've done the hard work getting in close now you just need to you know get that little help yeah and we didn't have that so um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to to another opportunity to do that but when we got back together Tanner has been I don't know he probably five times said there's a buck in that draw by that cottonwood he kept saying it and of course I'm yeah, whatever whatever so we're getting our stuff together and Tanner goes I'm going to go peek over and look <laughs> and now it's what 5 o'clock yeah. 5.30 yeah. you know going on and uh, Tanner comes back and, uh,
1: I thought he was kidding. I really did.
0: He goes, "That that four points in there, and right I, right underneath the cottonwood." Yeah, he was the very right. very adamant that we realized the
1: cottonwood was Definitely right there. Definitely
0: underneath <laughs> yeah. the cottonwood. So, um, I, I saw a look on his face. I knew he wasn't kidding. And then, but I think you immediately switched your opinion when he said he's right by the cottonwood.
1: Yeah, you're like, yeah.
0: Uh, "He's not kidding." Yeah, so. But he had already stood up.
3: Yeah, he was, when I I saw him, he was, I couldn't see him very good. I guess just see his head and his antlers. But he is already, you know, munching a little bit around that cottonwood tree. But it's just such a, again, a steep little bank in there right in the bottom of the draw. you know, perfectly shaded. How close
0: close were you when you saw him? Probably 70, I would say. So so you saw him and then you turned around backed up and came and got Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. And then... um, So we quickly decided that that, since he was on his feet that it was not going to be necessarily a... uh uh, trad type of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, I I grabbed a bow and we uh, you and I you grabbed the camera. We headed over there. By the time we headed over there, he was feeding around the point. He had mm-hmm. left the cottonwood was what 30 yards from the cottonwood. So you cottonwood? guys actually
1: saw him. 20. Yeah. I <laughs> when saw you were his... taking your boots off, had you you spotted him before. After that. Before that. Okay.
0: Yeah.
3: I I saw his back shining just around the corner. All I could see was his back and he was kind of just headed around that point, kind of feeding around that point. It's amazing and, how
1: they shine out here yeah. sometimes too because there's no cover. They're always yeah. in the sun.
3: Yep, and he was definitely shining right there on the end of that point. So, yeah, and then we we tried to uh, – we kind of just walked down the top, and it would have been a really good play, I think. I mean, there was plenty of yuccas and stuff in the way. A lot of times when they're feeding, as long as – because you know they're going to look up every once in a while but if you can catch them um you know while they're feeding it's almost the opposite of when they're bedding because when they're bedding they're bedded down you're almost always going to see their head first and that so you have to get past the head you know and get a shot at the body but when they're feeding especially like that you know a lot of times if as long as he doesn't pick his head up or or you anticipate it and you're ready for it when he picks his head up so he doesn't see you you know you can see his body while his head's still in the grass and Mm -hmm. have a pretty good opportunity i was i was pretty hopeful on that situation Yeah. I was pretty
1: hopeful on that other one. I just had a feeling the limpy buck. Oh, I don't yeah. know what it was. I just had a feeling you were going to kill that buck. Yeah. And I don't I just felt like you had an angle on him and and you know, if the wind would have held, I still think that. But Yeah, your yeah.
3: intuition just
1: isn't very good. It is though. not very That's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nor was my shooting today. So I got a, I got a lot of places I need to work on.
0: Well, I I I you know, it's I think I turned back after that situation with kyle where we went in after the limpy buck and i said well I, you know you're frustrated of course but i said but this is a game of uh opportunities it's a numbers game and you know if you
1: told you, me after mine you said you weren't gonna kill the first one you stalked anyway just that just, that just doesn't happen yeah which Kind of I hurt my feelings a little get, well, bit. But we I'll, were trying to make
0: it happen. <laughs>
1: I don't really know. Yeah, I couldn't have tried any. We harder. tried real hard.
0: I don't know that I was. Th- I was thinking you can't. I was thinking you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't <laughs> because
3: your
1: hunt's over then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good but way to dig I, yourself
0: up. I. I. I really do think though that that that's it. That would have been a good respectable buck for this area to kill, and then on top of that. With a, a stick bow at six yards, you say six yards, but I don't know, man.
3: <laughs> that was pretty dang close. It was way 18, dang close. 18, yeah, 18 I feet I could might easily be.
1: have counted his eyelashes when he stood up. Finally, <laughs> I mean, it was there was no doubt. You didn't need to
0: raise your binos.
2: <laughs> no, check mm, him out. No, yeah, that those to those me low. looked like a good close twelve feet or something. That was. It, it was. It was, it was, was definitely
3: five four.
1: It was ridiculous, exciting, and Mm -hmm. extremely frustrating, because I just couldn't see anything below, you know, a few inches below his jaw. Anyway, so you guys are creeping out after this buck that Tanner found by the cottonwood tree. It was
3: right underneath the cottonwood tree. Right underneath the cottonwood (laughs) tree, which wasn't much of a tree. I mean, there wasn't a whole
1: lot of foliage on it. No, 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 no,
0: it wasn't. But um, we, once Tanner, of course, you have to understand, Tanner's got a height advantage. I'm, I'm in the front <laughs> with the bow, and I'm, cr- cr- you know, kind of creeping anyway, and then I get to the place, and I kind of look up, and, you know, I'm trying to scan yeah. to see, you know, w- what I can see, and then I get low, and I move four or five steps to do the same thing, and Tanner's is... What he can see standing up back behind me is what I can see 10 feet in front of him, you know, <laughs> so. you know as we come over this this crest. And uh, and then Tanner's like, okay, I saw his back, I saw his back. And so then that's when we sat down and we took our boots off. And um, I don't normally do that. Um, I have the most tender feet. <laughs> i mean I, i'm telling you here I, it that's hurts pretty soft shag carpeting hurts my feet are yeah. yeah. his feet
3: pretty soft um, no that's
0: just soft <laughs> tenderfoot I, hey you know you say what you want but i'm just telling you i, I you know i had friends that would go barefoot in the summer
3: uh, see that was me sprinting across the gravel See, that I. Was, that was I, me. You sure. made me
1: take my boots off, like when we got to that first. Fence. Always take your boots off. I, I would we our boots if I could. I don't know how far from that deer.
0: He's got moccasins on, and he didn't even need to take his boots off. He just likes telling to, you He those, likes yeah. to, those teepee creepers, or where it's at. So, <laughs> so we took our boots off, and we we moved down another twenty yards. Really just expecting to see this buck at any at any time Mm -hmm. and then you know i'm going to try and get a quick range hopefully we see him like you're saying where maybe he's putting his head down i come up range him and then i kill him Mm -hmm. and you look to the left and in the shadow down on the other side of the main draw probably 160 170 yards away quite a ways buck standing there looking and I think he was looking up, up at you Oh, guys. he was definitely
1: look Because he came out, like, down in the bottom. At first, I thought it might have been a different one. He came out down at the bottom, and I was telling Kyle, there's a buck right there. And I guess all my motion and, and Kyle coming over, he looks up at us. And he stayed there staring at us for I don't know how long. But then he di- he started looking, like, down at the base of the – Point or whatever you guys were on I don't, he wasn't looking up at you I can't imagine you kicked a rock down there or anything I could not figure out and still don't know what he was looking at that way and this is all you know I cut my eyes and see you guys and see the buck and he just stares and stares and finally turns and hops off but I don't know why he just suddenly started looking at the base of the
0: well and we, I'm looking at him and I, I'm i like I don't think that's that four point point. and just like it has happened out here there's more deer in there so I'm thinking oh maybe this was a buck that,
3: that yeah. we
1: hadn't seen cause he went from being right in, you know oh, almost in, in range no to no time
3: yeah yeah we just sat down and he was feeding you know you expect him to kind of meander was the wind blowing pretty good still at that time I yep. can't remember decently mm-hmm. yeah and enough uh, to
0: where we could walk a, a normal walk
1: without him here, having the ability yeah. to hear you yeah but
3: yeah in the time that we took our you know, it took us to take our boots off I mean he went 200 yards or more
1: that wind is like your savior and your curse at the same time yeah. because you got to have it to get that close to them when they are and you got to get that close to them because sometimes they're tucked under something but like when i was standing there waiting on something to happen with mine it's amazing how that wind blows you standing there even though you're braced on two feet or whatever odds are you're at some kinky angle or something but you know you can feel it blowing your bow and you know yeah. everything i'm sure it blows the cameras and all that stuff it's yeah. just it's a it's, it's a great tough. help, but at the same time, you have to think about it. But you that's don't what have to worry about which way it's blowing because you can tell that pretty easily. Yeah,
0: and, and that is, the, you know, scent out here is, um, you know, we talk about thermals and this and that. And because of the predominant wind and these draws aren't that deep, thermals aren't as much an issue unless you have a four mile per hour wind or something that's really yeah, something, small, then yeah. then you'll get some swirls and you'll get the thermals and stuff like that. So.
1: You, you talk about this country and it, it, it's deceptive because like where we were standing a couple of times and I knew where we were going, you look at it and you go like, in my mind, I'm just coming back from Colorado elk hunting and that's, that's big country and to get over to that next ridge takes a long time, but out here you start walking and, and you're there. It's yeah. deceptively big, I guess is the wrong way to say it, but yeah. it's beautiful country just a little more accessible and with that strong wind you're not like you know starting out high and having to move low and all that stuff
0: yeah well that it made for a made for a fun day for sure this is
1: no doubt one of the best hunts i've ever been on just because you know just because Tanner's here because Tanner's here aka snoops <laughs> snoops um but it's just so much fun you see so many animals and you know a lot of deer hunting is sitting and waiting in certain places and you don't have the ability to see that many animals and to see all these deer out here and you know have the ability to stalk them and in you know, the ideal situation is you find the buck you want to stalk you follow him till he beds in a place that's accessible eh, accessible whatever that right. word is and then you can make a play on him it's just a very unique way to to chase mule deer not in the high country you know right
0: and it's it's one of those things where it's unique in the fact that if you do find your target buck you're it you know okay great let's go kill him right Mm -hmm. well but the other problem is what about the other five (laughs) deer that that are between you and him because all you need is one to jump and for him to see that one jump and he's gone like a
1: covey rise. Right, exactly. Which is why we got to start sending snoops in on point first. <laughs> While we take a nap, he well. can identify all the deer. He can mark them on Onyx, <laughs> oh, there come you go. back, there you go. and we got a course plotted now. Yeah,
3: that's the thing is you can't—you see—I mean, we've seen tons and tons of does, and we're not—we don't care about them. We're not hunting them, but you have to watch where they go, too, because— If they park themselves in the, you know, bottom of a draw or around a buck or in your way, then it's going to pose a pretty big problem, and there's a good chance they'll just blow right through where that buck is, and, you know, he's not going to stay bedded there, so.
1: Even with Snoop's on point, you never see both sides of the draw that you want to go to until you're stalking, and I don't know how many times he whispered to me, we're moving over there, you know, don't. I can't remember exactly what he said, but basically it was, don't focus so much on this buck that you don't look for others once you're closing that right. distance because yeah, you gotta be aware,
3: yeah, you always in all those situations like you know I mean I, we didn't even talk about it, but those those two smaller bucks that we that we uh saw before the buck that was directly underneath the cottonwood, yeah, the one
1: oh that that one, yeah, yeah. Okay. can we call him the cottonwood buck just yeah. to shorten this a little bit, <laughs> yeah.
3: but uh. Anyway, like that <laughs> buck, you know, we were kind of trying to get eyes on one of those bucks, and there was another buck in there that we had no idea about. Yeah,
0: and and, and w- we were we, we were actually, so focused on the one. We spot were standing we there thought, dis- discussing, is he in this draw, or is he in this draw, is he in this draw, and we we put ourselves in a position where we were going to try and make a move, but we weren't concerned about him seeing us yet. But what we didn't know is there was another buck in there. Mm-hmm.
3: And,
2: and from my perspective, I couldn't even. I couldn't see anything on that right that side you guys were coming in.
1: I do think before we go out in the morning, we got to figure out our hand signals because we're doing some bad, bad stuff when we're like trying to determine, yeah. you know, the buck stairs, your radios, your audio. We got to come up with better hand signals. Okay. And
3: hey, we need a, th- hey, there's a buck right there. Yeah. Like a, a big fish-
1: X means it's over. He left. You spooked him. Whatever. Official, but beyond that, I don't think we, we, need we have anything We need
3: official else. noise that means like, hey, stop, there's a buck looking at you at 20 yards.
1: Well, you've kind of run through your entire repertoire the whole time we've been I know, here. I'm trying so. to figure out
3: which, what, which one works best. I think that little
1: whistle thing like, is the best. Which one. one though? No, no. There's something else. There's a two tone note you did. Do. Like oh, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah.
3: I mean that one. Yeah. That's that. You're getting to.
1: a dire
3: situation how about trev's
1: lightning fast reflexes when you did that on that little buck when we first started i mean he was like like horizontal before he hit the ground
3: yeah he like laid out and
0: then
1: laid out then fell yeah it was amazing (laughs) well you know
0: that's why i had to take a nap
1: (laughs) hit your head If you'd had yeah. that puffy suit on, you would have just gently I, was, just it, gently I would literally, literally, literally. Yeah, literally I could have literally literally I could have literally
0: just kicked my legs out and hit the ground and it wouldn't have made a sound.
1: been like landing on memory foam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you listening, uh, let a little background on the puffy suit. So Kafaru has a the Kafaru Parka and I just got I had the top last year. I'm wearing it right now because it's Delightful, um, and it's a down jacket. It's basically filled with a um, uh, what? It's a synthetic. It's a synthetic uh, down. is what it is.
3: Yeah, it's like a. It's it's different though. It's like a. It's like a sheet of stuff. It's like all one piece. There's
0: not. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And then on the elbows, it has canvas. Um, and then, the, you know, the, the, uh, the upper part is um, like a sleeping bag material, like, a, you know, that type of stuff. Well, I got some pants for it, too. And yesterday or this morning, it was pretty chilly. And I just put all that stuff on top of my camo and, until it got warmed up. And then I took it off when we went to start moving because it had been way too hot.
1: The best visual I could give anybody, trying to understand what you're saying, is if you took a really nice sleeping bag, and you took a snowmobile suit, and you took the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from the Ghostbusters <laughs> show, and you morphed all those into one thing, <laughs> and, and made it a, a dull brown color, that's what he looks like when he walks <laughs> out in the morning. And it is
0: awesome.
1: Hello, Shout out
3: to Kafaru. I'm a little envious of that in yeah. the morning glass, you know, yeah, I'm not going to lie.
1: Or uh, the me Ranger too. ride is a little brisk, too. Well, well yeah, I is. will
0: say this. I would lend it to any of you if you guys would fit into it, but I'm sorry. It's a medium and none (laughs) of you. I
3: mean, Kofaru really went above and beyond making kid sizes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Shout Uh, out uh, to Dana. uh, (laughs) Thanks, Dana. Yeah. And uh, of course, Frank and Aaron. Uh, I, 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 we even mentioned it because CJ has repeatedly, um, voiced his opinion on the fact that he was freezing his butt off
1: but i I based that on you know you don't guide the guide and you listen to your host and my host told me it's a two-hour drive from the airport and you'll be fine with that lightweight stuff you know maybe maybe a light jacket in the morning that's all you need you'll be fine you'll be fine
0: yeah maybe maybe i misunderstood what you were asking (laughs) Yeah, maybe, <laughs> or maybe you didn't.
1: Maybe you didn't misunderstand.
0: Well, because uh, I would have definitely thought. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so CJ's underdressed, um, but I think we've determined
1: that. and um but uh, uh, what about the sleeping bag (laughs) the sleeping bag the sleeping bag is money now that's the best sleeping bag you know like we talked about you probably don't want to roll it up and put it on your back for a 14,000 foot trip but that is the best sleeping bag i have ever slept in
0: yeah they're comfortable for sure it's a teton teton sports and it's their big camp like like camping camp you know it's the old red flannel inside and it's Mm -hmm. the canvas on the outside and then we put that sleeping pad on the uh, on the cot because we're staying in tents i mean this is not something that we have to worry about packing gear in because we're driving right in here and you know but yeah it's it is comfortable
1: literally sleeps as good as a bed to me it's it's great well good i don't hear you getting up in the middle of the night or anything so yeah
0: good good well, it's been a great day one, great even greater day two, and we've got su- tomorrow Sunday, Monday, and then you fly out Tuesday. We're gonna, that we'll, we'll pro- hit it early maybe, but you've got to get on the road, and uh, so uh, we're gonna hit the hay. But it's uh, we'll keep you posted. We'll uh, hopefully tomorrow we have more of the same. Maybe even get some. Uh, get a buck on the ground, and uh, but this is this is why I love this hunt because we're in a situation where we're camping close, where it's physically, it's not a demanding hunt. Yet, we were talking about it today, emotionally, the mental drain, it, it yeah. is tiring. Especially on a
1: day like the day where we had stalks and I had a screw up and all these kind of things. It just, and it you're, just wears And you're also it. just
0: laying out in the sun. Right. All,
1: all day, day, day long. long. We
0: did pack burritos today. Thank the Lord. So, <laughs> yesterday, we were out and about, and it was about one o'clock, and we were away from the truck, and none of us had any food, and we... So t- last night we ended up uh, eating some red chili burritos that I brought, um, and we made some extra for the pack. They packs. were
1: just as good midday as they were last yeah. night, too. Oh, yeah. And you, you shined again the night, too, with what you made. Oh, that was... uh, that's a green
0: chili venison with um, sweet potatoes. Excellent. And green, yeah, and some hatch green chili. So it's always good. Well, we'll sign off now. It's uh, we're over an hour, and we've got uh, to get to bed because we've got an exciting day tomorrow. So, for all you listening, God bless. Stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date on our goings on. Hopefully, we have some more exciting uh, interactions. Until then, um, go up, find what stirs your heart, your wild places, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.